0: is New Black season three episode one is over but we are just getting started here at post show recaps welcome back everybody to another edition you know a y- after about a year off we are back to recap a brand new season of Orange is the New Black uh, I am Jessica Lee. with me as always is my dynamic cellmate and co-host Ms. Taylor Cotter hello Taylor Hello, we are back. Yeah, how excited are you? I'm pumped. I have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it was even it was extra exciting to find out on Thursday night that they were releasing the new episodes early for "quote unquote" good behavior. So that was that was very very special, and it was good to have a little bit of a jump start on all of this. But we're only going to be talking about the premiere in this particular episode, and. Taylor is frozen right now, so I'm just going to keep on talking until she comes back. Um, But it's been a very great couple of days. Um, It's been very, very hard not to binge watch the entire series all in one go. And... I'm very excited. We got the chat room going here. We got a few people in the chat room. If you have questions and things you want to talk about about this particular episode, you can go ahead and contribute them to us in the chat room. You can also tweet them to us. Um, don't know that do we have a hashtag, PS recaps. We can use that hashtag. Um, and Scott St. Pierre, who is behind the scenes, will monitor all of that. And we are going to just give Taylor a couple more minutes to straighten out her situation. She's on our way back and i see the photo is up and i hate everything is. this is
1: the worst <laughs> this happened every time we podcasted last year and i got everything settled this year so it would not happen again <laughs> it happens within the first 10 seconds of me talking i oh, think man. my favorite was still when the power went out yeah that was insane like everything is fighting against me doing this podcast i'm here everything's fixed i was logged into two email accounts i no longer am we're good okay
0: okay good you know it's you know your internet connection is about as janky as this mother's day carnival that was going on yeah. at episode one here yeah. Um, yeah so i guess we should just do a little bit of a general overall uh, like a little overview of things how do you think things are looking back at litchfield after where we left off at the end of season two it's weird.
1: Right. I feel like it's very different. And I was nervous that like something about the show had changed because it felt very, uh, it felt like a change in tone. And, uh, I think not the least of which is that like, there's almost no Piper in this episode. Um, like very limited Piper and Alex lots and lots of supporting characters we get kind of a little bit of everyone uh, which is different from kind of the deep dive into individual characters we had gotten in the past
0: yeah I think part of that is down to the weird structure they had with the flashbacks here and at first I thought that's a weird choice we're going to have a whole episode about Pensatucky drinking Mountain Dew and (laughs) no no that's thankfully that's not what we ended up getting but it was a moment there where you know It was a new, it's a new direction we're going in. And it's kind of, I think it's telling us that this really has gone from a show about one main character adjusting to life in prison to a true ensemble cast. It's like, we don't need Piper anymore to introduce us to life at Litchfield. We know what life at Litchfield is. We know who these people are. And we don't necessarily need her to be the tour guide anymore.
1: Yes. And I think um, there were a couple moments in the episode where I felt like the show maybe has gotten a little self-aware and i think that's interesting it doesn't necessarily uh change anything it just makes uh i feel like there was a little bit of a shift in tone that i'm interested uh to see if that goes throughout the rest of the episodes this season
0: yeah it feels a little bit like it's a kinder gentler lichfield we've gotten rid of a couple of the big problems here and things seem like they might actually be going a little bit better right we've got caputo's in charge and he at least you know he's a little bit flawed but at least he cares mm-hmm. and he's trying to kind of clean up the messes and he's hiring some new staff and and you know we don't have v to kind of menace everybody and she obviously she went out in Rose's blaze of glory at the end of season two yes
1: yeah i feel like and how many episodes have you watched so far
0: um, I've been up to six, but I will okay. make sure I don't That's spoil fine. anything for no. anybody. I That's have to fine. recap. I have to recap the subsequent episode for another site. So I have to make sure I get caught up to the episode that I'm recapping. And of course I couldn't quit after that.
1: <laughs> no worries. I, uh, yeah, I just want, like, I feel like we are on a precipice right now that there has to be some sort of antagonist, like a, a bubble <laughs> brewing right now, because this was almost like, um, what do they call it? Uh. I can't remember the word. Like, it's not like a bubble episode, but like a um, a, a, like a self-contained episode. You bottle know, the, episode. Yes, yes, yes. A bottle episode. Uh, that like, if this was going to go on reruns, you could pick up. You could just watch this one.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. true. And you know, if you don't have a big bad, you don't really have a direction. You don't have anything for anybody in the show to fight about, right? Like, you exactly. don't have you don't have any conflict. And I think you can have one or two episodes where you don't have somebody coming in to threaten the status quo, but you can't have the status quo forever.
1: Right. Right. So it's kind of a weird episode for us to kick off with, without kind of having the story. Like, cause I think last year we really were delved into the story of V and that whole uh, narrative. So this is kind of just like a reintroduction to all these characters. And I almost think that when they were writing this and producing it, it's like Netflix knew that like, okay people are going to be watching this after a year they're going to forget like what happened i think uh brendan noel tweeted the other day like i love orange is the new black so much and i only think about it for one weekend a year i'm (laughs) like that's pretty much true (laughs) it's like it's such a great show that it's a great 13 hours that you spend watching it and then you never have to worry about it again so like
0: yeah uh, No, go ahead. No, I had moments where I was like, I haven't seen these people in a year. I don't remember that one's name. Which one is that again? Have I seen this person before? Yes. Yeah, it was really, it's a lot to take in for a show that you watch for 12 hours at at one time and then stop.
1: Right. And it's kind of like I'm glad that we're podcasting about it because I pay more attention to it than I normally would because it's gotten... To be a point where there are so many characters i have in my notes like is this a random person because i feel like it's a random person <laughs> that i've never seen before and the only reason i know that is because last year i watched it so closely so yeah and all
0: it's right. the- I- so the, the thing that um thing that i'm really running into is i the other show that i am currently recapping in the post show recaps universe the great mike bloom and i have been recapping season 3 of orphan black because apparently yes. my beat is all the shows that start with <laughs> o and end with black and are in season mm-hmm. 3 and okay. Orphan Black keeps doing this thing where they will have a background character suddenly become very important. And Mm -hmm. you should have noted his name the very first time because you're going to have to know it from here on out. And they do that with every single background character. And I think Orange is the New Black is kind of the same way. Like we've seen these people over and over again and, you know, we need to know Blanca and we need to know Frida and Mm -hmm. we need to know the one guard that's, Bald that I can't ever remember, not O'Neill, but the, like the skinnier O'Neill. Um, yes, yes, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: so- I almost. I don't watch Game of Thrones because it is all right. Like just starting, it was very confusing for me. Because <laughs> yeah. so, like I, I'm like I don't know how people do with Game of Thrones that they have these giant maps taped to their walls with all the, who all the characters are. I'm almost reaching that point with orange is the new black.
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna have to start like assigning people house sigils, and yes. um you know, give them some mottos and things. And, you know, to add on top of that, we got some new characters this, yes. this season. Um, we're getting a new counselor. Um, yes, yes. We're going to meet Ruby Rogers. Yes. Yes. And she seems like another one of those people that she's kind of like Susan. She's going to come in and get completely beaten down by this thing. She seems very, very positive and maybe a little bit too good for this world.
1: I agree. She's uh, like clearly underqualified, but she she definitely has like a little bit of a toughness to her that Susan didn't have. Uh, So I think that she's already kind of talking back to them and has that sort of uh, attitude about her. So I am excited
0: to see where she goes. Yeah. What do you think Healy's beef with her was? I I don't
1: know. It was very bizarre. And they were like, uh, I I, like I don't know if he's coming into she's coming into his turf or what um but yeah kind of interested to see where that goes and I think there will be a lot of this uh, in discussing this episode is like I know very we are just getting like the very tip of the iceberg with so many people
0: yeah yeah it's true it was really it was really incredibly shallow here we just kind of jump all over the place so we might as well just kind of take this sort of a chunk at a time yeah yeah and thankfully we can sort of go by location because we had people it being sort of a bottle episode and they're almost all bottle episodes in terms of everybody's always in the prison but mm-hmm. we had people that kind of stuck to their various areas in one of those areas i think we had the transitional bunks where you after you get out if after you get back in this is where you go for a few days until they assign you a bunk right and We see, you know, you got DeMarco there all the time and Sister Ingalls hangs out there. I don't think she actually does. She actually live in those dorms or does she have
1: she must not because there's I think there's four people there. So there and then Alex, I think I thought, oh, like she's on that top bunk, but then it ended up being Alex on that top bunk.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah but she's she's just out of the hospital so she's kind of hanging out in there i guess and red yeah. is also back from the hospital and they're cleaning out rosa's stuff
1: yeah really sad and i guess that that's kind of a series wrap on rosa that they were like okay yes she's gone she died really sad and they'll miss her but kind of yeah. a celebration
0: yeah, now we can just give away all our stuff, which is what you do right. when you leave the prison one way or another.
1: Right. Uh, and kind of an introduction to this new red who is, uh, I guess, the new responsible red who realized that she's kind of on her way out of here and she needs to get her, get her act together so her sentence doesn't get extended.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's started, she's definitely got a new outlook on this and... I thought it was very interesting i mean she's the same old red she's got that same kind of dry sense of humor um but i think the realization that she does not have a store to go back to kind of made her all the more aware that the world is out there and she's not at all sure how she's going to cope with it when she gets out there So wait, did she definitely know that the store is closed? Um, She inferred it because as soon as she talked to Dimitri, and this is another thing that I was not sure about, that I hope that people that watched it more closely or that remember season two a little bit better maybe have rewatched it sometime in the past year. Mm -hmm. Um, We see Red's sons and husband come to visit because it's Mother's Day. And I can't remember if we've ever actually seen her husband visit her in the prison. I don't think so. I don't remember it. The thing that I take from that is her husband was not in prison. They were in this, whatever criminal enterprise they were in together, but he did not, either he served less time or he didn't serve any time because he's out and he's with their sons. So are we to infer from that that Red took the fall for whatever it is that they did?
1: I think i i i think so i think that's what i always figured even though it was her husband that was kind of the the face of everything that was going on um as far as we know because we never really got any details about how she or uh, why she landed in prison right
0: no we never have we yeah. just know that her husband got in deep with the russian mob and we right. saw that she you know popped that lady's breast implant and that got them even deeper yes yes
1: yeah so i i think my understanding was she went to prison a fair number of years ago like she was pretty not young but like a while back
0: yeah 10 or 15 years at least it looks like right and
1: uh she she took the fall for it in that they were maintaining the store until assuming fairly recently whenever and then when piper went out and saw checked on the store for her it was closed but then Piper told her it was still open. That's And then did something happen in between then and now?
0: Um, no, I think what happened okay. was she comes in to see her husband and sons aware, uh, like she still believes, as far as she knows, the store's business is booming. And then she right. asks them, if you're all here, who's minding the store? Right. And then she sees it on Dimitri's face when he says, oh, we all shut the store down for the day so we could come see you. Okay. Can you afford to do that? Well, of course we can. Business is booming. And she sees on his face that he's much worse liar than Piper is.
1: Right. And she said she said it very knowingly that I guess she's that that's when I was like, does she already know this or was she figuring it out right then? Um, I guess either way, she's probably getting a handle on what's going on in the outside world right
0: now. Yeah. And I think it's it's kind of like there's going to be a big challenge waiting for her out there. And she needs to not be she needs to not be doing all of the shady dealings that she was doing before. She can't be the guy that can get things for you anymore.
1: Exactly. And I like that they just straight up filled the tunnel with cement and uh, kiboshed that very in a very practical manner.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite part was that she wrote RIPV in the cement. That's so dark mm-hmm. and amazing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to, I'm glad that Red is back. I think I remember, I mentioned this when we were podcasting last season, there was a point at which I got fake spoiled for the season Mm -hmm. and someone told me that Red was going to get killed at the end of the season. (laughs) So when she got slocked, I freaked out. I'm like, we cannot have this show without Red. She must have, you cannot kill her off. Yeah. I am very glad that she not only got did not get killed off, but she's having some kind of character transformations and she's back in full force if, yeah with a little bit different goals
1: yeah she's my my fave if not one of my faves uh and definitely excited to kind of see her like have her own like positive storyline throughout the season I hope.
0: Yeah, I think she's moving in the right direction. Yeah. So let's go Definitely. to the other side of the transitional bunks. Um, yeah. We've got we've got Alex who's back in prison. Um, after Piper called in, her called in and ratted on her. Got one of right. her friends to call Alex's parole officer and say that she violated violated her probation. Got her kicked back into prison. And Alex right. doesn't know this, of course. Um, yeah. And I think this is probably going to be something that at this point you know they just seem happy to see each other again right
1: uh teeny tiny aside um that i should have mentioned at the top uh BuzzFeed published um, like 66 things you need to remember from season two of Orange is the New Black that I read. 66. Yeah. And there were, it was, uh, and I recommend it highly because I kind of did forget about this Alex and Piper storyline, which is, you know, the entire crux of the show, but uh, the details of it escaped me. So I highly recommend if you didn't do a rewatch of season two, that covers most of uh, what they hit on uh in these first uh in this first episode so yeah uh this is so boring to me <laughs> uh alex and
0: piper well fill us in what should we have okay, remembered so, about so alex?
1: should we have remembered it's basically what you just said that um uh, so uh alex gets out of prison early uh, in the when piper testifies against Kubra, uh or uh she lies alex tells the truth she cuts a deal she gets out of prison she's on parole she's having a really hard time with it they are, uh, we assume that people are plotting to hurt her or get her somehow. She has a gun. She's in her apartment. She's really, really struggling. I kind I forget how Piper finds that out. Does Alex visit Piper in prison?
0: I, I, they either talk on the phone or they visit in prison. Yeah. And Alex says something about how she thinks that Cooper's going to kill her and there's a band exactly. outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, when, uh, as her, uh, Final requests to uh Larry and Polly as they go you know, uh have their affair, Piper asks them to uh call Alex's parole office probably probably and tell them that Alice is violating her parole
0: yes and, a gentleman by the name of Davy Crockett as I recall yes, yes,
1: and uh they uh they are able to do that and get Alex uh, by some you know stroke of coincidence back into Litchfield so uh which you know it's, it's a show and uh they <laughs> uh so i and i guess they they kind of gloss over this but alex gets really beaten up when she's in holding and like has a really hard time with it and just is like uh super melodramatic um so yeah i'm being a little a little negative about this storyline but it was just it seems like uh it's yeah the least interesting thing that's happening right now is uh because i feel like we know like it almost happened this episode and i couldn't even handle it that uh piper almost told alex that she was the one that got her put back in jail yeah no you're so dumb stop (laughs) yeah she she did
0: come very close and it was it was actually the only tension That existed between the two of them, which I almost welcomed it just because they're so they're such a boring couple, like they're the least interesting people in the prison by far. And Mm -hmm. Piper, especially like she seems to be she seems to have gotten into like her personality has shifted from this sort of she felt like she was above it all and really like fish out of water in the beginning. And now she's acclimated to prison and she's very cynical about everything, but she still thinks she knows everything and she knows more than everybody else. And so it's like anything that was endearing about her anything that we could forgive about her, all of this is gone now. And she's just like, you know, I have enough, you know, brainy, cynical people in my life. I don't need to watch (laughs) a show with one.
1: (laughs) yeah we could be watching girls um (laughs) like yeah pipe would fit right in there um and yeah it's it, it was so useless it had no bearing on anything else that was going on in the episode it didn't even relate to like the mother's day subplots that were going on um So, yeah, it was just kind of a real nothing thing. And that's, again, I think kind of a self-aware turn that the show is taking, that they know people don't like Piper and they know that uh, people are really going all in on these sub-characters that I timed it. And, like, Piper doesn't even appear on screen for the first 12 minutes of the episode, which isn't that long, but, I mean, it's like a quarter of the episode that uh, she's totally irrelevant. Um, And so I think they are very, very conscious of the fact that and like we mentioned earlier that this is an
0: ensemble show now that's kind of a complete reversal from the premiere of season two which yes, was entirely yes. about piper and she was on screen the entire time right and we were like where are all the other inmates like we exactly. i think it just kind of hammered home the point that we care less about piper than we do about some of these other characters although i will say there was one fantastic line that came out of the piper alex reunion and that comes from uh, my favorite guard joel Lucic. Mm-hmm. it sucks when hot chicks start to cool down yep i like that a lot too true <laughs> words were never spoken thank <laughs> you philosopher Lucic. yes he's, he's the best yeah so uh, so i guess is that all we need to say about piper and alex yeah that's
1: really all there was there wasn't there's nothing else there
0: all right so let's let's move on um some of the other characters that we have that we're getting to know again um Uh, looks like you know morello got fired from the van job and she's now been replaced by pensatucky who seems like she's probably not as great on road trips no no
1: is pensatucky the comic relief in this show now like, she went from the most tragic character ever to kind of just, you know, cracking jokes.
0: It's it's weird. Like, Kentucky is so all over the map. Um, mm-hmm. She's really maybe the most chaotic character in the universe, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, I think she's actually had an interesting moral crisis. At the mm-hmm. end of last season, I think where we left Kentucky, and feel free to fill in anything that I'm missing here. I'm sure but, I don't remember accurately, so <laughs> go ahead. I think, I think near the end of last season, she had this sort of crisis of faith and decided that she was never going to be able to defeat the lesbian agenda and decided to befriend Boo right, and maybe see what the lesbian agenda was all about and see if maybe this was something that she could, you know, if she can't beat him, join him and ended up cutting her hair. And she and Boo struck up this really bizarre friendship that has turned out to actually be it's yielded some very interesting conversations to say the least. And I think she has started to realize that everything that she was standing for is kind of bullshit. And as she's having her little like fake funeral for all of the babies that she has aborted in her life, boo comes over and they have this really interesting conversation. (laughs) And (laughs) I it was so strange. I mean, I I liked it, but yeah. Of all the things I thought were gonna get referenced, Freakonomics yeah. was low on the list. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, I think Pets Tucky is one of those people like you just kinda feed her a party line and if you're convincing enough, she's just gonna go along with it. Right. Yeah, I mean I think she's young. Um I'm
1: I am i am, they don't really tell you how old anyone's supposed to be, but she's like fairly young. I'm I guess I'm confused more about Boo's role in all of this because if I remember right at the end of last season, like Boo was integral in uh, the attacking red, right? Like she was being painted to us as like this kind of secretly evil character with a, a hidden agenda here. And kinda of, this episode she comes in and she's just like super endearing and quoting freakonomics and dressed like a clown and I <laughs> Uh, I was like oh I, th- I thought I hated you so I'm trying to remember what exactly your deal is here
0: I think Boo did take kind of a heel turn at the end of the season but she also like I felt like a lot of last season was trying to pack in Boo backstory wherever we could get it and mm-hmm. like, try to I, and Leah Delaria is fantastic and I love I, I love her screen presence I think she yeah. is she's hilarious i would imagine that many of her lines are probably semi improvised yeah um but i felt like the show last season was trying to make boo happen and yeah she was in like she was kind of a background character in the first season and then she started to move to the forefront now i feel like boo is going to be because of the way that she plays off penn's of tucky and also the way she, she and nikki are interacting mm-hmm. i think we're going to be seeing a lot more of her this season yeah
1: i kinda, i got that feeling i think i don't know if she was announced as a full cast member versus recurring for this season or next season but uh that that's definitely been talked about. So I'm, I'm excited to see more of her, her deal, hopefully uh, become a bigger fan of hers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think there's shades of gray with her. And I think she's also kind of an opportunist, like she's not going to go out of her way to help anybody else, but if something entertains her and there looks like there may be something in it for her, I think Mm -hmm. she's very interested. Yeah. I kind of like the web that's being created up all right, we
1: have Penn and Boo who, you know, maybe they form this bond based on like, uh, Pensateky just kind of thinking, you know, aligning with, uh, the lesbians in the prison. But, uh, you know, they, uh, they actually kind of have this uh, like teacher student relationship maybe, or like, yeah. uh, big sister, little sister, relationship Jedi, that's Padawan, right. yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's, that's always nice to have kind of, and it's, uh, you realize that, uh, you know, there are like, there's, there's always so many divisions that they talk about in the prison, you know, there's like the racial lines and like, all, but there is kind of like the age uh, and the mentorship between the different uh, people there, which I think is one of the more interesting dynamics that goes on.
0: Yeah, the people that have been there longer kind of show the ropes to the people that have been there. Right, less time and I think the Boo and Nikki relationship is also something that we should talk about here because I think they they are are kind of both seasoned veterans and they've kind of fallen into bed together because of this large amount of heroin that has fallen into their possession via the decline of these drug smuggling business Yes, and you can see how Nikki is torn about this because it's really, she's the She's the Charlie Pace of the season. Like, there's all of a sudden... She is a recovering heroin addict, and all of a sudden there is a shit ton of heroin that has fallen Mm into the lap. And there are no Virgin Mary statues to contain it, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a problem. They need to move it, and they need to get it out of there, or she's going to do all of it at once, and it's going to be a bad scene.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a very classic, like, man-versus-himself conflict. So, uh, I... Yeah, and, and another one thing that's like, okay, like here's two seconds of a story that you to remind you that it's happening and we'll get it more into it later is how I feel like this episode addressed that. Like, yeah, 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 we'll get this out through the tunnel they just filled with cement. So like uh, solution upcoming. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. It's another one of the things that I think Orange is New Black does very, very well, where it's like, here is a problem and here's a solution, oh, but that solution it was going to work 10 seconds ago and now it is completely shot and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. That's a beat that they have. It's, it's a recurring motif in the orange is the black universe. Yes. Yes. Like, here's your problem. Your problem is solved. Oh wait, no, it's not. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, I agree. It kind of like that because I think it, it doesn't underestimate like the intelligence of these women that like they, they, it, uh, they'll figure it out. Like they know what's going on. They have a plan that plan will get thwarted but you know it's not it's not all hijinks yeah it's,
0: yeah, intelligent. it's not all wacky antics and of yeah. course we are reminded of nikki's backstory which is like mm-hmm. she, she became a she became a drug addict because she was acting out against a distant waspy mother that didn't really care about her
1: right i loved the little girl they had playing nikki i thought she was so adorable yeah
0: she's pretty adorable
1: yeah. <laughs> um what did you think of nikki and so i have no idea what this girl's name is so i know leanne and then there's leanne's friend with braces angie angie okay yeah i didn't know
0: that off the top of my head i had to look it up <laughs> okay yeah but i knew it was gonna come up so i did look it up
1: yeah what was that like that really seems like it came out of nowhere that uh nikki is uh you know just looking longingly at the heroine and yeah uh, leanne and angie
0: are like oh she's so
1: in love with angie
0: Yeah, well, there's something in that, like, that's going to come to a head. I think you can't hide something in the laundry. Mm-hmm. where Leanne and Angie, who are always up in everybody else's business, right. like they're very much, they're kind of a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of pair. <laughs> they kind of stand on the periphery and they comment on everybody else's business. Yes. And I think those are two dangerous people to have when you are trying to hide something somewhere. <laughs> True. And I'm really shocked that it didn't occur to them that she's looking inside a thing where you could hide stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're two of the less smart characters in this universe. So, But I think uh, I'm sure that this will all make sense sooner rather than later. But I thought that was kind of a weird... Like, there's so many romantic plot lines that go on on this show. I thought that was kind of uh, one that was thrown in sort of haphazardly. But uh, hopefully some answers come through in the next few episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no way that that heroine's not getting... <clears throat> either stolen or done or destroyed by somebody. Yes. Yes. That You can't just stick that in the vent and have it sit there and cause tension for the entire season. Like, it's going to have to combust in sooner rather than later. Right. Uh, Chekhov's heroin. Yes, Chekhov's heroin. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like every podcast I've done in the last like three weeks has had Chekhov something in it. (laughs) I I, I think Chekhov's just got his fingerprints all over everything now. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, So Uh, Let's talk about this carnival that they're throwing um, in honor of Mother's Day. And you've got mothers coming and you've got kids coming to visit their mothers. It's very complicated for everybody.
1: Yes, yes. Um, So let's talk about well, uh, let's do a short one first that I just have questions about. And then we can get into like the characters that matter. Um, who is this cocaine mom that left her baby next to the bathroom?
0: I don't think we've ever seen her. Before. Okay,
1: they, good because I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I watched this show so closely for the past two years, and this seems very interesting, and I have no idea who this person is.
0: I mean, the funny thing is like because, and this is hopefully we're gonna get to um, chat with her later in the later in the season at some point, but I have a friend who is an extra on Orange is New Black this season it is in the background in many of the scenes. And wow. what I have learned from her is that every single person on the show has a badge with a name on it. Interesting. Well, this character does have a name. Yes. There's probably, there's a name in the script and she's got like a whole identity and backstory because this is a very rich universe, but yeah, she's just a rando background character that we've either seen fleetingly or not at all. I feel like that.
1: Like, it's interesting to remember that, like, there are, you know, a, a, you know, a hundred people in this prison, that there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of people that, you know, are not good, I don't want to go so far, I know this whole show is about, like, shades of gray, but who are criminals, like, who have done bad things, who, you know, are in prison for a reason, and kind of, you, they endear ourselves to, uh, endear themselves to us, but... Uh, sometimes terrible things like this still happen. It was one of the few moments in the episode where I, like, audibly gasped. I was so nervous about that baby.
0: Yeah, and we kind of got into that right around the Black Cindy episode last season, as I remember Yeah, yeah. Because we really it becomes a little bit unbelievable to have the show just keep presenting us like with everybody has a rich backstory and is deeply sympathetic. And some of them committed their crime and some of them didn't. some of them were first offenders who tried a bad thing once and were very unlucky. And then some of them are just kind of jerks that yeah. delight in doing terrible things and only think of themselves. And I think it's more realistic when you have characters like that. Like and Cindy is a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. She is still the kind of person that will talk trash at children playing carnival games because if they lose, she gets more candy. Right. And her uh,
1: Cindy had a daughter, right?
0: Cindy did have a daughter that yeah, her I'm surprised grandmother was right raising. Up. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. nothing
0: there. I think it kind of came up in passing. Like I think you could see it like flash on her face when they're all talking about their mothers.
1: Right. She was like, I hate kids or something like that. I hate Kids and I hate mothers. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. I want to see more of black Cindy. She's so interesting.
0: Yeah, she is very interesting. She's not particularly sympathetic, but she is endlessly fascinating. Right. Um, all right. She is the kind of person who would leave her baby in front of a dumpster while she goes and starts in the bathroom.
1: Exactly. That could have easily been her. Um, all right. We can get into the interesting mothers and daughters though, the ones that we know. Yes. Um, if you want to talk, you want to talk about Daya and Alita.
0: Yeah. The, the ongoing saga of Daya yes. and Alita. Um, we've got another mother in the mix in honor of mother's day. Yes. Uh, now,
1: and let's, let's, Mike Bloom has a question that I think is probably, we can throw that up now and that can inform
0: some okay. of our discussion. All right. What does Mike want to know?
1: Mike wants to know, uh, was it smart for Daya and her mother to tell her entire family about Bennett being the father?
0: Yeah, that's interesting that um, that 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 is something that he could get in a lot of trouble if word gets out about that. And it doesn't seem like these people are the tightest ship. Right. And but I
1: almost I was thinking about this, too, um, because now that Caputo knows and he's uh, basically in charge. Is there any, is there, I I understand that, like, I guess he has someone above him that probably can't find out, but is there any, like, feasible consequences of this right
0: now? Has this kind of become a non-issue? I think it could always become an issue, just because it is highly illegal for this relationship to have taken place, and now we've also wrongly imprisoned another guy, Mm-hmm. Uh, for having committed this crime, but I also do think that Alita and Dias family kind of exist outside the law. Like yeah. they're not the kind of people that call the cops on anybody ever, um, right? And they're always like they're always finding ways. Like Alita, especially, is trying to find ways to game the system. Like how, you know, if you have a if you have a baby and you you know how do you claim the most benefits from the government and right. You know what can you do outside the law that you know brings in the most amount of money
1: how can you black stale, blackmail porn stashes mom right yes. right
0: and you know that's pretty much everything she sees like if she sees there's a potential for there to be something in it for her you know the dollar signs go up and this is what happens here she sees this fancy handwritten note from greenwich connecticut now taylor if i told you before this episode aired Describe to me what is Mendez's mother like? Yeah, I would
1: not think rich woman from Greenwich, Connecticut. To me, that's, uh, I guess, I mean, I would think like Mendez, like she's probably at like, uh, a you know a Portuguese lady, not unlike you know all my entire family that lives in a uh, yeah, that lives in a suburb of uh, you know New York or Boston, and uh, is uh, you know in probably her mid to late seventies. So I would think that uh, like right like yeah, friend, but th- she said something like Powell Mendez or yeah. like a Delia Mendez right? Powell, yeah, Mendez Powell, yeah. So that's interesting. Something else is.
0: Uh, going on there, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, yep. and it's also like, how do you get from how do you get from Greenwich, Connecticut, to, to working as a prison guard? Like Mendez right. needs to have a flashback episode, apparently, but yes. I don't know that we're actually going to get him at all this season because I know I don't like, think the actor are. the actor has moved on to bigger and better things, and, right? You know, he is allegedly, you know, in the. In the Orange Is the New Black universe, he is in prison himself, presumably at this point. Right. So Uh, this is going to be very interesting.
1: I know. I have to imagine that we are going to see some interesting developments there, even without him on screen. So it's a bummer we don't get to see him. But I have to. I'm glad that his. It's not like you know. It's just all tied away. Like this is the actual implications of something like this are taking place
0: yeah and i want to go um to i want to talk for a second i don't really want to talk about this but i think it's worth noting Mm -hmm. um you know i'd rather forget it ever happened but caputo's advice to bennett when he tells him to stay away from all things diaz related and advises him to go instead of you know getting with any of the inmates to go and take care of it on his own terms. Yes. And it just reminds you that, you know, Caputo, I think especially over the course of the last season, went from this creepy guy to sort of a guy you were rooting for because he had the best interests, interests of the prisoners in mind. But now we are just reminded once again that the very first scene we ever saw him in, at the end of the scene, he closed the door and got out the lotion and the tissues. and. Right. I was like i don't need to be reminded of that that's horrifying yes. talk Thank about you. yeah shades of gray in a person
1: and he's right up there with the you know the best of them that he is you know inherently a good person things have gotten a lot better uh, while he's taken over and then he is also you know kind of a like a predatory creep so but like He's not as bad as Bennett, who is, you know, maybe not a great person, but, you know, comes across as very kind and gentle. So,
0: yeah. uh, And Bennett, I think, he's another, I think Bennett is another one of those people like Piper who thinks he is a good guy because he's never had that challenge, but in reality, there's a side of him that's just as dark as anybody else in this series. But I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a, a controversial comparison. I think Joe Caputo is the Jamie Lannister of the Orange is the New Black universe in that Jamie Lannister starts out as a guy who bangs his own sister and shoves a seven year old kid out the window and by the time you get to about season three or four he's one of the main heroes. And I think yeah. I think Caputo is kind of a similar character. I
1: know, I root for him. I, I'm a fan, so I definitely am happy to kind of have him at the helm and maybe some some of the more administrative drama of Orange is the New Black to kind of move to the side, uh, and we can get some more personal drama.
0: Yeah, yeah, it got a little bit Shawshank Redemption-y at the end of the mm-hmm. last one. You yeah. know, someone was embezzling, and someone escaped, and it was, like... There are things that happen in prisons that Stephen King didn't write, guys.
1: Yeah, that, that was very un- pur- like very purposeful, right? Like red and all that. There was a lot of homage there.
0: Yeah, there. It's yeah. definitely there's definitely a lot of loving tribute in there, but we don't yes. need to lift plot points wholesale. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so we um, got a little bit of an Alita die flashback. Yeah, it was it's
1: just, I get the thing to remind us that, like, Elena isn't a bad person, that, like, she loved her daughter. It was very short, and I didn't really totally get the significance of it.
0: Yeah, I think it was just kind of, it seemed kind of thrown in there, just because, yeah. oh, well, everybody's getting a little bit of a flashback here, and we can go to these moments that we kind of want everybody, yeah, we wanted to show these moments, but we don't necessarily have a bigger episode context to show them in, so we'll just do that like we'll show Daya's biological father who stuck around till she was two or so. And now there is a whole passel of children in Aleda's mm-hmm. universe and they've all come out for mother's day. And of course the youngest one runs off and wants to stay with Daya.
1: Yeah, that was very cute. And even though it kind of was a catalyst for a lot of uh, craziness and scared all the other kids. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just kind of adorable. And like, um, I guess a lot of what it was kind of funny, I guess what I'm about to say is what, uh, so, so said that, like, Oh, this is just a metaphor for their <laughs> <whole life." laughs> that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a kind of lots of, you, like this is a very kind of tragic thing that's happening that all of these children, very, very young are visiting their mothers in prison. And it's, uh, it's really hard and difficult. And, uh, but it's in the context of like this, you know, carnival, that this is a, a, like a very adorable, fun thing that's going on. But, you know, on some level traumatic.
0: Yeah. And it just kind of escalated. I felt like it started out as this semi janky carnival that you might mm-hmm. go to in like a church basement yeah. where everything's made out of cardboard. Oh, and they got a little mini golf, they got some games. And then it just started starts turning darker and darker. Like, then you go to the face painting booth and you've got Maritza the Goth who's painting everybody's faces up to look like they're about to go to a depeche mode concert. <laughs> and then you've got you've got Boo as the creepiest clown I've ever seen. Yes. You've got the you know, the games where Cindy will talk trash to you while you're trying to drop a ping pong ball in a bucket. And then you get to this pinata, which yes. just you know, behind the helium balloon that says clearance on it. <laughs> Here's the pinata where nobody's allowed to have a stick. You yeah. put a maxi pad on your face, punch yeah. the pinata with your fist. And once you finally get into it, there's no candy in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. a whole metaphor for their lives. Yeah. I, uh, really. Yeah. Sad and like sad and funny, I guess kind of that, you know, tragic comedy. Yeah. Bit. But uh, like, I guess it's yeah. Kind of one of those reminders. Like as so many people, like I forgot that, um, was it Mar, uh, not Maritza. Well, who's uh, m- uh is m- Maritza is the Goth one, and then and Flaka
0: is the other one.
1: Flacca, yeah, and, the, and yeah, but she had a baby, um, and, uh, and and Maria's baby was there, and it's all very sweet, and they're all very happy to see their hey, the Maria, that baby. The actual cool. baby
0: that actually came out of her and actually exists.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> and that was the most tragic part of this whole episode. the main' yeah. it's so sad at the end when her. A uh, boyfriend said she wasn't going to, br- he wasn't going to bring the baby back anymore. And that's just so heartbreaking. Like this whole, uh, whole story, uh, whole arc of her with this baby
0: has been a real tragedy. I feel like narratively, that was kind of the point at which the entire thing just crumbles into, like all of the artifice has crumbled away at this point. Like it's not even a fun day for anybody anymore. You've had right. this point where everybody has to go, like they do the count and everybody has to go on the floor and the kids have no idea what's going on. And then yeah. as the falling action to that, you have Gabriel taking the baby away and saying he's not coming back exactly yeah definitely at that point there's no good left in any of it
1: right yeah this was not a positive experience whatsoever um so i think there's just like a couple of teeny tiny things that also happened um like uh a little bit of some suzanne uh Mm -hmm. lashes but nothing that deep um the big one kind of being or uh two big ones being that she they bring up V and Suzanne still seems to kind of have this weird loyalty to V um even though that she was framed for uh V slocking red um and I'm not sure if that was ever completely cleared up but I think it it seems like it was
0: yeah I think it was resolved for everybody but Suzanne who's now like she had a mother figure where she didn't for a very long time both on the outside and I think on the inside and yes. I think she is very reluctant to let that idea go. And so this is why she's saying V is definitely coming back, but she's having a hard time coming to terms with it. And I thought for yeah. sure we were going to get a Suzanne flashback because everyone else yeah. was getting one and she's yeah. got mother issues. But.
1: Right. I hope we get maybe a full one later and they didn't want to spoil it. But yeah, cause every, you know, she was everybody's favorite. So I think they have to lean into that a little bit.
0: I really hope that the fact that all of these other characters are getting like a tiny flashback here, I hope that doesn't exclude them from possibly getting another flashback later in the season.
1: Yeah, I don't think it can because there was almost no information given in so many of these that hopefully they were just kind of teasers for uh,
0: what was to come. Yeah, because if we don't get another Puse episode or another I Sophia know. episode, that would, be, that would be kind of tragic. It'd be a rough season without either yeah. one of them getting some real character development. Yes, yes.
1: I'm going to ask you, what do you think is worse advice? Caputo telling Bennett to go take care of this uh, by himself or Sophia telling uh, her son to uh, find an insecure girl and uh, tr- uh, test... Uh, yeah,
0: you know, Tessa. Right, oh my God. Yeah. That's the worst advice I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. You know, I think this, another self aware moment of this episode that was kind of like, okay, like, we have to acknowledge that we are on some level a feminist show. With Sophia's son being yeah. like, you really want to be a woman <laughs> when, where that's the advice that's given to men. I was like, that's kind of a real. Uh, that's a real hot take
0: for a child to have. Yeah, I so like that they put it in there. It was a moment where it did kind of take me out of it because yeah. that it was a very precocious thing to say. Yes, and yeah, I it, it seemed very interesting that Sophia, who's someone who seemed fairly progressive all along, like she's the one that like gives vagina lessons to all the women in the prison, um, right? And sociologically, she's still kind of in this model and i i was very it was an interesting conversation i think it's also the closest that i've ever seen sophia to her son and so it was nice to see them kind of navigating those waters finally yeah that was a really sweet scene i thought and it's
1: kind of kind of indicative that like one of the best you know parent-child relationships going on here is the one that you know is probably technically the most complicated, but, you know, emotionally the most solid.
0: Yeah. 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 I think they're, they're trying to navigate what it means. Like, is Sophia a mother or is she still a father? And how are they going to move forward with that? And how does it, how does it change things now that Crystal is dating somebody else? And I, I love the flashback. I think it's cool that they're using the fact that Laverne Cox has a twin brother isn't to be able so to cool. do a little bit more with these earlier flashbacks so it was nice yeah. to see it was nice to see him back as marcus and yeah that was a really fun cute little scene that i think they really wanted to put somewhere else at some point and so i'm glad yeah. they were able to bring that in yeah that's so cool
1: and like smart and i think that uh, there's so much they can do there so i hope they capitalize on that yeah
0: so are there any more places we need to any more people we need to touch on or should we go straight to the questions um I think the next
1: question gives a will bring us right to the next thing that I want to talk about so okay uh, again it's from Mike Bloom and he says that
0: who had the weirder childhood Healy or Don Draper yeah we finally got a Healy flashback Yes. yes and it was stranger than I would have predicted
1: it was so bizarre did you ever read the short story like uh, I can't it's like the yellow wallpaper that's exactly what I thought
0: of when I saw yeah, yeah
1: it's like the, this is so like the one of the weirdest things ever and like it felt like a, a little bit of a lifetime movie situation and not yeah definitely not what I expected
0: yeah she makes everybody inside of the prison look relatively normal yeah and like obviously
1: there's not enough to really dive in there of like what this means or what this means for
0: Healy and who he is, but I am—I'm sure it means something. It already explains a lot. Like, why does Healy he yeah. have such issues with women? Because it turns out those issues are mommy issues. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that. Yeah,
1: that was pretty straightforward. So I, I, uh, like I do uh, like a little. I don't know anything about the upcoming episodes except that I do know that we are getting some good flashbacks from some people that I am interested in seeing, and uh, I have a feeling that that's one of them so i am excited to see where that goes
0: well who would you most like to see a flashback from this season
1: oh uh, so many like uh i'll say for people that we ha- like i'm i can't remember who really we've seen and who we haven't seen but like some of the favorites that we have seen that i feel like we need more from are definitely suzanne um i love lorna and i would love to see more of her because i think she's so insane and i want more of that um i love Pousse. um i think um yeah and then pensateki i guess but i like i love the idea of getting the uh the tangential characters their own flashbacks like people end up here more than just like oh we committed a crime so i would love to see like leach that would be a fun one yeah. um yeah um and definitely healy definitely caputo um and yeah um i'm not super picky so and i mean uh uh norma and kind of uh both, a lot of the side characters that we don't get to see a lot yeah, of. I'm,
0: I'm still i'm still on the train that this show needs a norma flashback and i oh, will yeah. keep i will keep championing for a norma flashback until we get finally get one
1: awesome yeah i love i love that and like you know, like yoga jones and uh kind of so and so so i would love to see hers too uh she's Uh, one of my faves, so
0: I'm hard, I'm difficult, so I'm like, oh, sure, everyone, (laughs) I like them all. Yeah, so I got one more question here, um, it wasn't with a hashtag, but it did pop up on my Twitter, so I'm glad I got my phone here, but uh, Jeff Schwartz wants to know, do you think the first episode was designed to give us, quote-unquote, applause moments at the reintroduction of each character?
1: Yeah, kind of, um, I think it, it was definitely, like, oh, remember this person, here's who they are and what they do and why you like them. So, yeah, there wasn't a lot of reminder of like, oh, here's someone and here's why they're terrible. It was it was kind of a party until the end.
0: Yeah. And it it really was like the beats were set up such that you're thinking like, where is this person? Where is this person? Oh, there they are. There's that one. There's that one. It, It was very much like if we had been taped in front of a live studio audience, people would have been cheering every time a different person showed up on the screen. So I think that that is absolutely accurate. And I think as far as season premieres go, I would say it's, the best it's so far and, and the best way to get us kind of back on this train and back into the universe in kind of a way that shows both the good side and the bad. Like you have these very dark moments that are so alien from everything in the outside world, but you also have these moments of incredible levity, which is one of the reasons the show works so well.
1: Yeah, it felt, everything felt very purposeful it felt like a good use of uh the time that they had and uh it was definitely like a couple of times like a shift it didn't feel like a normal episode but it felt like the right kind of episode that the show needed
0: yeah yeah and i think you can almost the way that the show is structured i think they're starting to make it so that the first episode of every season can kind of exist outside of the bigger continuity yeah, I think that's a good way to do it.
1: And, you know, if people haven't watched the show before, they could, in theory, kind of pick up here
0: and figure yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, you should start from episode one, but you wouldn't necessarily have to at this point. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we should probably tell the fine people out there in post-show recaps land um, how we're going to be doing things this season, because it is a little bit different from how we did things last season. Um, yes this is going to be our only live show for the season. And we're going to be covering an episode at a time. So you're going to be getting 12 podcasts from us, which is fun. Yay. Yes. And what we're going to do is we're going to pre-record those. And then we're going to have those go up every few days, um, for the entire rest of the month.
1: Yeah. So, So, uh, you get way more content, uh, over about the same period of time. Um, we are, uh, hopefully we are finished with the series before you guys hear hear the show. So we'll be able to engage with you on Twitter, talk about the show with uh, some greater context. That's why I I am a real uh, brat about how Netflix releases these shows because I think it's so hard to talk about. But uh, we'll let you know when we're all finished and then we're happy to engage uh, wherever and maybe we can do a feedback show at the end or something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we still want to talk to you guys about the show itself. So you can feel free to catch us on Twitter um, Mm -hmm. about anything you've heard on the podcast or, you know, anything about the upcoming episode. Um, You could tweet at me at Haymaker Hattie and Taylor is at Taylor Cotter. And do we, do you want to give the folks at home a hashtag they can use um, to let us know that they got all the way to the end of the podcast? Sure. Do you want to do uh, Freakonomics? Um. Well, that's going to be something that <laughs> other people have used at some point. We that's need something pretty. True. We need something pretty specific to this podcast. So I'm thinking maybe Padawan Tucky. That's perfect. I love it. So yeah, uh, P-A-D-A-W-A-N T-U-C-K-Y. Tweet that hashtag to let us know you got all the way to the end. And coming up on Post Show Recaps, we got lots of really great stuff coming up for you. Um, Game of Thrones season finale is going to be Sunday night, and Rob is going to be with Josh Wiggler to recap that right after the show ends. And then they're going to have their regular feedback show and book club in the following week. Um, as of this point, this week's book club has not dropped yet, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing what uh, Josh Wiggler and Terry Sports have to say about that. Mike Bloom and I are covering Orphan Black, and we record that usually on Sunday afternoons, and we put it up Sunday or Monday for the previous Saturday's episode. There's many, many other great things going on. There's a Wire series retrospective. There are Seinfeld podcasts. They're covering Wayward Pines and many other great things. If you want to check all those things out, just go to postshowrecaps.com. So I have a question about postshowrecaps. Sure. Recaps. Are sure.
1: there – like Is there anyone that is watching and listening to every show and podcast? This is a question for the REJP universe. Because if so, I want to know and I want to meet you and talk to
0: you (laughs) because you... That person's never going to be able to meet you, Taylor, because that person would have to leave their house. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But if
1: you are out there, tweet me, and uh, I'll buy you a beer the next time you're in Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, Yeah, whoever you are, like, God bless you guys, because yeah. that's a pretty amazing feat. We have so much content out there right now that it's almost impossible, like even from a time standpoint, unless you got your podcasts on 1.5 speed, you're never going to get through all of them. But that's the great thing about the rawest Podcast slash Post Show Recaps Universe. We really yeah. do have something for everybody. Very much so. All right, so uh, we will connect with you guys on Twitter and beyond. Yeah, thanks all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you for episode two. Bye. Bye. And you got time